0: What's up, everybody?
1: Glad to be here.
0: This is the best thing I've done all week. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Are you ready for the best podcast ever?
1: After four years of investment and many days of begging, here I am on the podcast. Big fan. Alright, we're, we're here with Cedarville President Dr. White. Big hustle. That's what the influence singles are about. Hey, I like it. Right. <laughs>
2: Thank you. you. Thank you. Very
3: much. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome to episode 27 of the Infield Singles podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Connor. Joined with me as usual, Spencer Urban, Tad McKenna, and Josh Wells. How's everybody doing?
0: Doing good. Great.
3: Really good. Uh, we got a good episode for the folks at home this week. We interviewed uh, our neighbor across the hall, Matt uh, FC Flem. I guess he just goes by FC Flem, actually. I should um, never knew his first name. Yeah, well, now you know it's Matt, and FC stands for, well, you'll have to listen to the interview to find out what FC stands for, um, but we sit down, talk with him, he's a big uh, history buff, I and mean, he's actually a history major, so we we'll talk a little bit about that, as well as his experience in baseball, and as an up-and-coming youth baseball coach, so it was a very good interview, uh, we're very happy to have him on, but I guess we can start this off by... Uh, would you like to make a big announcement, Spencer, to the real
0: world? It's the real world. Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to be working at the zoo. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I got a job at a church in Tampa, Florida, so I'm very Ooh. excited about that. There we go. So the infield
3: singles are now 80% employed upon graduation. Still waiting on Chase to uh, break through and uh, get that coveted job upon graduation
0: I'm still trying to find a way to break into the zoo people <laughs> they're gonna take this really badly um, I think but I think uh, who the people who
3: might be more excited than Spencer that he has a job not at the zoo might be uh, his parents <laughs> would you say that's fair
0: yeah I'd say that's fair I'd say they're a little concerned between that and my rap career <laughs> do, you, do you think the
3: rap career will continue uh, to go alongside the church career or do you think when
2: one
0: ends, another has to start, kind of thing. I don't think so. I mean, I'm just, I have a lot of time on my hands.
2: So uh, baseball season's underway. How's uh, you want to give us an update on your spreadsheet, Michael?
3: Yeah, uh, it's not. I decided to just use Baseball Reference. So I, I figured I figured it would ultimately come down to either I'm going to follow all the games in real life and ditch the spreadsheet, or I'll just do the spreadsheet and not really follow the games in real life. That makes sense.
0: Wait, Ted, you're still going?
2: Mine is still going strong.
3: Oh. Are you still keeping up with it as <clears throat> much as you thought you would, or have you um, made alterations?
2: I, I, I changed a few things. I'm not keeping fielding stats anymore, but who keeps fielding stats anyway? So, Idiots. Baseball um, reference. Yeah. But, like, I've, I'm keeping, like, hitting and pitching and then records and stuff like that. But, you know, I've been watching every game, so, you know.
3: True. How many games in are we? Seven, six. Depends five, on the team. Reds are
0: one and
2: four. Yeah, Reds are one suck. and four. Yep, after that hot off start, bad, right?
3: Josh is
1: still following them strong. After
0: <laughs> a couple weeks, uh, he'll be done. <laughs> when they were one and fourteen, Josh is out.
1: Well, they started the season off three and nineteen last uh, last year, so hopefully they can do a little bit better than that. So,
0: <laughs> just fingers crossed. Um, so things are wrapping up here at Cedarville. We got a big weekend this weekend. Oh yeah, tell us about the big weekend this weekend. So it's basically like prom and it's a bit or like formals at other universities, but it's like for juniors and seniors. it's called Js. it's uh, it's in Cincinnati. Um, so it'll be dancing and food and I'm very excited for the dancing.
3: Uh, so when you say it's like prom
0: um, and prom, like, people hire photographers. Are, there, are you hiring a photographer, Spencer? No, I am personally not hiring a photographer. Will there be a f- photographer following me around? Possibly. <laughs> uh, just following you around
3: or following the group around?
0: I don't know. I, that's hard to determine.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, so JS is this week. Is anybody else going?
2: Uh yes, me and the boys are going, but we are much more excited for the food than the dancing.
1: Um yes, I am going as well, and I am excited for the food more than the dancing. What's What's the food gonna be? I don't know.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> word on the street is it's like a peppered lemon peppered chicken or something like that. Like they uh like they make in
3: chucks. What street like
2: the, is that word on?
3: <laughs> lemon peppered chicken? Yeah.
2: Uh, who's, who's? How do they know that specific? It was It was on like an email. Yeah. Oh. I guess I should read my emails.
1: Yes. If it's the ones that they make in Chucks, then maybe I
0: am more excited for the dancing.
3: Josh, would you consider yourself to be a big dancer?
1: (laughs) Not at all.
0: Sometimes I walk into the room and Josh is dancing. Just by himself. No music's
1: playing. Just Josh. I'm good. I I can do some of the line dancing, but that's about it.
3: We we have a video of you doing a uh, shimmy of sorts. Where? Uh, it's, you might remember your kiss cam from <laughs> okay. earlier in the semester.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'll pull it up. There was so there's this thing we have to
2: post it on? Yeah, Twitter. we'll tweet it out.
0: Where it's posted it on. Check out our
3: Twitter for a video of <laughs> <laughs> co-host Josh Wells on the. Undul- shut
0: down. Oh, she's
1: a pizza Oh, that. And I forgot about that.
2: And he goes in for the kiss. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Swinging them, see miss. ya. <laughs> that I forgot
1: about that. Was that first semester? Yeah, it was. Oh boy. <laughs> I think
3: we have to post it on Twitter. It, it <laughs> has to get posted. The
2: fans heard it. You, you
3: can't just talk about it on the radio without <laughs> posting. <it. laughs>
4: yep. Well,
3: uh, Josh, there are <laughs> any wedding updates the folks at home should know about?
1: Not really. Sweet. Um.
2: They secured their uh, instrumentalist.
1: Oh, yeah, we did. You did what? Uh, Say it in the mic. uh, Tad McKenna, violin. What was it? Violin. I forget player. what. Player LTD or whatever. You're playing the violin at the wedding? Is, is going to be playing at the wedding for w- one song.
2: So here's the thing I was thinking about Neither of them have actually heard me play So technically they have no proof that I do play So just imagine Ellie's shock during her march down the aisle When she finds out that I don't actually play the violin Wait,
0: you're playing it when they go down the aisle?
2: Yes, I have oh, so much power Wow that is So dope. I'll I'll take requests uh, after I speed through their song
3: Freebird <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, so you mean to tell me you got a role in this wedding without actually having to prove that you have any experience or have any know abouts of what you're doing.
2: That is, that is correct.
1: But I can't get a gig officiating this stupid thing. Yeah, but you have, but he has like senior pictures of him holding a Bible.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go out and take some pictures of you holding the Bible can, with yeah, a white I've collar. I never
3: picked up a Bible.
2: <laughs> uh, well, gee, it's a good thing my mom wanted me to take those pictures with that random violin we found
3: jeez that's bullcrap so quick plug if anyone's looking to get hitched one i'm single two i have i'm uh, ordained
1: legally so i can fill one of those two roles or both i'll tell my friend back home he's on 48 hour notice to go to flight school if they tell him that he's going to flight school he has 48 hours to get down there he's engaged so if they say hey you need to come down they're going to get married on the spot and they need somebody okay there you go Elliot my friend Elliot and we shot he was there oh that guy yeah with his sister, with, the sister. <laughs> oh. with a friend of
0: Sean Carlson <laughs> oh <laughs> my alright that's enough of that bullcrap alright on to our interview with MC er- oh. <laughs> no, I was like, oh
2: MC Hammerfront
0: <laughs> alright enough of that bullcrap on to our interview with F.C. Fulham.
2: Welcome back to the infield singles. Uh, like we said this week we have on Brock's very own FC Flem. He is a self proclaimed uh, baseball nerd, uh, esports expert, um, you know, St. Cardinal, Louis Cardinals fanatic. Uh, so we'll see where this episode goes. But first off, Flem, it's great to have you in the studio. How are you doing this afternoon?
4: Doing really good. I just had uh, an exam, so I'm a little fried. But other than that, I'm pretty good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a little flustered from all the studying.
4: Yeah, the hour and a half of studying sure, that I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, if you had to describe uh, your semester so far in one sentence, what would you? How would you describe it? Easy. Easy. What's your What's your major?
4: I'm a history major. Ooh. Yeah. What
2: What's like your expertise in history?
4: I would like it to be military history okay. of some sort, but I love the Civil War uh, um, you know most wars really. Sure. But the Civil War is kind of where I find my home in
2: so so the boys here went to Gettysburg over spring break and uh you know there's a lot of speculation that goes on about how Gettysburg was the second most northern war are you familiar with the battle of shrewd farms
4: (laughs) although I don't watch the office I've heard the phrase um shrewd farms and so I kind of made a connection with that
2: sure so so you would you would argue that Gettysburg is the northernmost war yeah I would say so what, what is it about the Civil War or just wars in general that like, gets you going?
4: Uh, well, with the Civil War, I, I've come to a realization that it's Americans fighting Americans over the freedom of Americans, over African slaves and stuff, and it's amazing to see how much carnage man can go through for a certain cause, whether it's good or bad, and so I've just really connected with that over the years.
2: So I'm assuming you were rooting for the north in the war
4: yeah i I do like learning about the Confederacy and I would say my favorite general is uh, Thomas Stonewall Jackson mm-hmm. and he was a Confederate um, corps commander but uh, yeah I'm glad that the North won for sure
2: good good <laughs> answer um, we, we can continue on with this podcast now uh, so if you were if you were in the war and you were Let's say you were in the south, and your general told you you were about to do Pickett's Charge. Um, and for the folks at home that aren't familiar with Pickett's Charge, they basically charge across an empty field towards people with guns shooting at them. What what would be going through your head as as you're about to lead this charge, How about going this charge?
4: I think the biggest thing would be that I'm probably gonna die, or I'm gonna I'm gonna lose a leg or an arm or an eye, something like that. Like. I mean, Pickett's Charge. It was over a over a mile of open field with hundreds of Union cannons aimed at you, um, and then once you got close, it was uh, musket fire and all that. So I was I I would hope that I would be determined enough to charge, um, but I wouldn't expect a very uh, great outcome.
2: Yeah, that's that's fair. Um let's see so i guess tying in baseball if you 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 mentioned you were a big baseball fanatic right yeah yeah okay so if you had a base if you had your own baseball organization what would you would you call it would you bring in history of some sort or
4: i actually at uh, community college i did uh, a business project where i had to create my own uh, organization and i made it a, a christian outreach baseball mission of sorts and I, I called it uh Archangel's baseball. It's kind of a cool name. Yeah. And so I would I would do probably do that and tie in uh ministry with that as well.
2: Oh very very cool. Um when we were at, at Gettysburg looking at the field and whatnot, we kinda mentioned how like it'd be really cool if there was a golf course there. And obviously we wouldn't want to take away from the history of the area <laughs> But, you know, it'd be cool if they put, yeah. like, a baseball park there or something like that. You know, in the yeah. middle of the field, you could say, oh, this is where Pickett's Charge was or whatnot. So so if they called you up and said, hey, we have a job for, like, a curator slash, you know, baseball manager, we're going to build a park, like, I'm assuming you would take that?
4: Yeah, for sure. sure. I, I would love to work as a curator um, at Gettysburg just in itself, but to do it with baseball and that kind of fantasy realm, that'd be really sweet.
2: So if, if you had to go to like one museum or one place to be a curator or do whatever, where would you where would you go?
4: I'd have to say the Gettysburg. Gettysburg. Yeah, I'd have to say Gettysburg. It would be really cool to go overseas to um to Normandy or to go down south into Richmond. I've been to Richmond, Virginia as well and have gone to the museums there, but Gettysburg is where my passion lies i guess you could say
3: all right further combining baseball with the civil war if you had to put together your starting rotation of civil war generals uh who's your ace who's your following rotation
4: i would say well the manager is uh robert lee for sure sure and my ace would definitely be thomas stonewall jackson just a a very Action-oriented man, you know he's not he's not going to be afraid to take on Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig, you know.
1: That's a baseball name too. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah Stonewall Stonewall Jackson. Stonewall Jackson. You would think he's a catcher, but you know he could be a closer too. It's that that final that final wall, you know. Uh-huh. Um, my my big bopper, I guess you could say, would be um, Ulysses Grant, just because he just he ended the war. You know, yeah. he was he was the Big kind of fist that came through, and uh, finished the South out. So, uh, yeah, he'd be my big bopper.
3: What What do you think Stonewall Jackson's like top pitch would be?
4: Uh, Fastball. He'd He'd be pumping gas, (laughs) for sure.
1: All this uh, Civil War talk gets me thinking of the movie Glory. Yeah. Right, and I just imagine the scene of uh, after the after like the first battle all the people are like laying in the hospital and their legs are and arms are cut off so the big to ask the question uh if you had to get one of your limbs amputated which one would it be
4: (laughs) i'd say my left arm i mean i can catch and throw with my right arm and it would still allow me to walk around you know my left arm just isn't as useful as my right so i'd say my left arm
2: Um, So you played baseball prior to coming to college, right? Yeah. Okay, so what what position did you play? What was your specialty?
4: I played uh, first, third, and pitcher. And as a a younger kid, I caught, played a little outfield, but my specialties were first and pitcher, really.
2: Sure. So when you would step on the mound, some people say that the pitcher is kind of like the quarterback in the sense some some argue it's the catcher but you know the pitcher has the ball every play right um so like as a pitcher what's going through your mind what's your approach like do you do you attack on the first pitch do you try to get them to chase like what are you what's going through your head
4: well usually at the start of the game it would be establish the fastball establish the strike zone um my dad always told tells me uh, the name of the game is throwing strikes and you have to throw strikes first and then you can, you know, start breaking off the plate a little bit, get a couple of calls that aren't really over the plate, over the strike zone. And then you can work with the, you know, in a pitcher's count, you can work with the curve ball or the knuckleball and stuff. But it, the your main goal is to throw strikes, really.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Because a lot of times, you know, even if the catcher's set up, you know, maybe on the corner maybe a little bit outside if the pitcher's hitting his spots you know he's more likely to get the call for sure so yeah so that's that's good strategy establishing the uh the zone there so what um let's see there there's talk of different changes in major league baseball if you could change one thing what would it be
4: i think the one thing i'd change is um the catcher blocking the plate rule. I liked how it was. Granted, I know that it's a safety thing and, like, it sucked that Buster Posey broke his leg over something like that, but it it really adds to the game. It adds to the fun that is baseball. You know, it's been played like that for a 100 years and now they change it. And also, that kind of ties into the, the sliding at second base as well. Like, Chase Utley kind of ruined baseball for everyone. So... <laughs> i would i would like to revert those but i understand for safety reasons why they changed them
3: now some people argue that like baseball has just gotten so boring with how long it takes pitchers to throw and stuff like that so what is like one i don't know if, if quirky is the right word but what's like one like element that you think could be added to spice up the game
4: legal fights kind of like hockey okay instead instead of uh instead of the ums kind of stepping in and keeping everyone from fighting let a, let the game, let the team settle out their differences you know and the ums usually let that happen once it's like a legitimate like they're going to start throwing punches but people people love fighting and I think it'd be cool to see for players not to be afraid to to uh to go swing at someone they don't like
2: yeah you know since you're a Cardinals fan, I don't know if you saw the other day when Matt Carpenter got thrown out after yelling, you suck to the ump.
4: No, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was so, watching it.
2: So, like, if he was allowed to just start wailing, obviously he wouldn't wail on the umpire. That's kind of over the line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, you know, letting him get at it a little more, that kind of adds in a whole nother like, player aspect. Like, in hockey, you have some guys that aren't the most technically sound players, but they're kind of the goon of the team. You yeah, know, they're the like, enforcer. Yeah, sure. So then you've got guys... Um, well I guess so who would you say right now in the MLB if they were fighting aloud who would be like good enforcers on different
4: teams Uh Chris Davis cuz he's not good at hitting anymore for the Baltimore Orioles Um I'd go with Marcelo Ozuna for the Cardinals I mean he's got the well Marcelo Ozuna and Yadier Molina Molina's old now but he's got the latino you know spirit <laughs> and I really love how he plays the game What but... are we
2: saying about latino spirit here
4: uh, they're good at baseball oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah they're good at baseball and, and they just play it a different way you know yeah. they, they really love the game and they add spice to the game it's like remember when Baez uh, started started pointing at Yadier Molina before he even caught the ball because he knew that it was a great tag in the world baseball classic stuff like that you know yeah
2: I, I think of like uh, Yanni Gomes. Uh, yeah, Yan Gomes. Some scrappy, scrappy, yeah, scrappy guys scrappy like guys. that. You know, Eucalys maybe. You Oh, for sure. I you. mean, I could see, I could see Big Poppy going either way though. I could see him getting down and dirty, or I could also see him being a huge baby and yeah. But I
4: don't know. No, yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really the lefty pitchers that I'd be afraid of. Those guys are freaks. C. C. Sabathia. CC Sabathia. He's got some mass on him. Chapman, you know. Oh yeah throwing 100-mile-per-hour um, fists at your face, I'd be afraid of that for sure.
2: All right, here,
3: here's an idea I just came up with. Okay, so you, there's a lot of controversial calls, and an instant replay kind of slows everything down. Yeah. And it's kind of stupid when you're watching. You just have to sit there and watch these three umpires huddle in the corner <laughs> with their headsets. Yeah. And it's just real boring to the viewer, and some say that's actually like what's making it so just terrible and unbearable to watch. So what if you incorporate boxing? Okay, so there's a questionable call, and each team is able to sign someone who acts as their uh, – we'll call them the, the Settler or the Peacemaker. The Peacemaker. Okay, so <laughs> – The Shaman. So, the Shaman. Yeah. yeah. So, so the Cardinals and the Reds are playing. Okay, there's a questionable call at the plate. Like, bang, bang play. Can't really tell. The Cardinals send their Peacemaker into, like, a little bullpen area in the outfield. The Reds send their Peacemaker. We then have a one-minute-long round, like, one-minute boxing match. Huh? that thoughts? sounds fun thoughts
4: i that sounds fun um you know what let's do it serious so, so
3: in the off season instead of like your normal like you sign it adds a whole, names, whole other to, element go sign a boxer like i'll yeah. trade you my right-handed haymaking thrower for the
4: for the, for the lefty specialist a little south prospect out of puerto rico yeah or that too
3: spice up the game though. yeah like it would add more up.
4: transactions and a whole different whole different aspect of baseball that we don't see right now
2: i mean heck they could bring in fc phlegm you know
4: yeah i hey i've thrown i've thrown my my pitches at people before i've almost started a brawl <laughs> i'd be down to throw punches or some kids here that i'm like i don't like you like if you, <laughs> if you were to come at me or if you if you were to hit me with your longboard dude like i'm throwing it in the lake Can you
1: elaborate on the uh, almost causing the fight?
4: Yeah, for sure. So I was, uh, we had a doubleheader at the, um, it was a a single A stadium up in New York. And um, I started the second game and this team that we were playing, they're good hitters. And so I wasn't striking a lot of people out. And uh, one inning, guy hits hits a a bomb off of me and he, he gets a triple. And so our team, our team, Fielder's Choice, was known as a very um, chirpy team. We are always chirping. It was a lot of fun. I, I wasn't usually a big chirper, but I loved listen to, listening to it. And so they had had – we won the first game. They had enough of our mouth. And so the ball comes in, and, you know, they're cheering like, yeah, good job, nice triple. And I say uh, off the mound. I'm like, nice hit, bro. <laughs> I turn around, I get back on the mound, and I come to set, and I'm, everyone's saying step off. I step off. My left fielder is walking in, holding his shoulder, and he was our he was our catcher the first game, and so he had already thrown a lot, and he threw the ball in from the left field corner, and so his arm was kind of shot for the day, and so, like, there's a pause, and like, you can see that someone's injured, but then this other team's bench just goes absolutely berserk again, and I turn To their bench, and I'm looking at him like, "What is going on?" That's super disrespectful. My first baseman is like cussing out the cussing out the bench, cussing out the parents, and he gives me a look, and I'm like, "All right, I know what's up." (laughs) Next pitch, 60 mile an hour fastball to the kid's ribs. Oh boy! Their team comes up on the top step of the dugout, and my team kind of just creates a semicircle around me. We're that close to to really fighting um that was awesome and then they decide it was, it was in like the fourth inning they decide to come after me twice they missed me the first time second time the kid buzzes a pretty good fastball under my my front my front elbow I'm a righty so my left elbow hits me on my back elbow and I like turn and fall and all the parents are like freaking out and stuff and the art bench gets up on the top the the top uh step And I yell at them, I tell them, like, guys, let's just play baseball. It's like the seventh inning, you know, and all our parents go berserk, like, yeah, that's how you, that's how you uh, play baseball, you know, with respect and stuff. And so that was the fight. Um, The next Monday, I was at another game and I went up to my head coach who wasn't there at uh, the fight game. I'm like, yo, coach, I'm really sorry. And he's like, Flem, you did do it. He had heard from a, the other team's parent that someone threw at their kids, and he was like, "Who is it?" And the parent's like, "Oh, it's a kid with a beard, and I have a very nice beard." And he's like, <laughs> "Flem, no way, no way. He's so nice." And I told him, "I'm like, yeah, I did it." And he's like, "Way to go, dude. Way to protect your teammates." And our our pitching coach, who was um, he pitched at LSU and he won an, uh, the world, the college world series with him. He's like, "I would have thrown at his head." So. At least I didn't do that. You know. I didn't take the high road. Yeah, for sure. Um,
3: and, and for the folks at home, because this is radio, so you can't see what Phlegm looks like, uh, how, how would you describe? I'm kind of getting like a late-in-his-career Jabba Chamberlain vibe. Yeah, You're not a small guy, so no. you're very intimidating.
4: No, I'm, I'm not the tallest guy. I'm not the shortest guy. I'm not the skinniest guy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I've been equated to, as a pitcher, I've been equated to David Wells, and just how how big I am and how I uh, carry myself on the mound, um, but with my beard, I hear a lot of uh, Luke Combs kind of comparisons. Yeah. And you know, I have the kind of brownish red beard, and so I, I like being called Luke Combs. He's pretty cool. <laughs>
2: yeah, I believe, uh, and no disrespect is meant by this whatsoever. I believe the the um, the comparison has been made that at uh, at like basketball games when you get rowdy that um like your beard and everything resembles like a howler monkey, you know? Like <laughs> screaming. Like, uh, I don't know. So that there's that too for for the folks at home.
4: Yeah, I'd be I'm a howler, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you got
2: that right. Um let's say uh, you get arrested for something and the the judge says you can never play baseball again. What do you think your skill set transfers into the best? Like what other sport?
4: I would say just from my past experience, basketball. I played a decent amount of basketball growing up, and I—that's I, probably my second sport. I—I'd say that baseball is my my number one. I could coach without a problem. Basketball, you know, I'm—I've been known to be a decent player. I'm just a little overweight for you know the running. And then the last one would be soccer because my mom was a big soccer girl um, when she grew up, and so I grew up with soccer and baseball. But, yeah, basketball would probably be my next choice.
2: Sure. So you brought up coaching there. Do you plan on getting more into coaching then after you graduate?
4: I'm already into coaching. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So give us a little background on that.
4: So, yeah, so I graduated from high school in 2015, and I – Played my summer season with Fielder's Choice Baseball, and uh, during that during that summer, uh, Chris Thelma, our coach, was like, "Hey, Flem, like, you want to help coach a team this fall?" There's a guy that coaches the 11U team that's seen you like practice, and like he knows you're a little bigger, but like he he likes how much effort you put into everything, and so I was like, "Yeah, I would love to," and so I started coaching that fall, and I've been coaching. Since then, I've coached eleven uh, U through fourteen U, and um, as an assistant coach, and I just accepted a job this summer as a thirteen U head coach at Downtown Baseball.
2: Well, congratulations! Thank you. Uh, so, what is your what is your head coaching strategy going to be? Are you going to be one of those coaches that's you know real tough on the kids and makes them run a lot? or Are you going to be more like relaxed and more you know laid back?
4: I would say I'd probably be more laid back. Um, There's a time and place to be tough and to be, you know, to get people to run for things that they do and stuff. But I mean, baseball is a fun game and you don't want the kids to hate it. And I've experienced that with other coaches being a little bit too tough at points. So I'd like to stay more on the um, relaxed side. But you guys have seen me at basketball games. I get pretty intense.
2: Sure. So, in the realm of sports coaches, we've got some controversies going around now about Tom Izzo and Michigan State's coach being a little too tough on the kids, and then obviously you've got historic examples like Bobby Knight, who is real, a real tough coach. So, what's your take on that in college sports, the the tough coaches? Do you think that's good for the, the kids, or do you think that's detrimental?
4: I think it, it it all comes down to the players, you know, every player is different, and by the time you're about to be recruited into a college program, you should know what kind of coach you, you vibe with and, and work well with. And so I, w- I could see myself, you know, being under a harder coach. I like being pushed to the limit, and and it's not out of spite or hate. It's out of making the kids push themselves to the limit. And so I'm all for Coach Izzo. I really like what he does, and, um, you know, you know, as an outsider, you can say, like, oh, he's being so mean, but, you know, the kids might really not enjoy it but understand where that's coming from, and it's in his heart. So
2: so in baseball, you don't really see too many. I guess when, when coaches go out to, um, to argue with umpires, you kind of see some fired-up coaches, but for the most part, they're kind of relaxed. Some, some may say that's because baseball is a more strategic game, a lot more um, intricacies in the game. Um, So, as a coach, are you – do you think you're more, like, small ball focused? Like, you get a guy on first and it's a close game, you bunt him over, or you, you know, sack fly, move the runner over, or are you more just guns blaring, you know, swing for the fences every every at-bat?
4: Coach Kent Murphy says don't bunt. (laughs) I like to – I like myself, I like to live by that as a player. I don't like bunting that much, but – to win the 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 job is to win the game and so if we need a bunt or a steal or you know like a fake bunt into a steal or something like that to get the defense all mixed up you know i'm down for it
3: have you seen the movie Moneyball?
4: of course
3: what, what are your thoughts on that whole the whole Moneyball game and the use of like saber metrics and all that kind of stuff
4: i mean it's really interesting like you get I mean you see in the movie that baseball is looked at a certain way for a certain amount of time and then when baseball starts to, you know, evolve the the old men in baseball, the old the old guard kinda shy away from that and you can see where Billy Bean fires his head scout, you know, after he says the F word to him and stuff. But I mean it's, it's made baseball a very intricate game, for sure, instead of just looking at, like, uh, you know, this kid has raw power and stuff.
3: Uh, so if, if you're managing – I mean, you probably won't run into this too much with your youth coaching, but, like, suppose you're managing, like, a professional game and it comes down to a crucial moment and you have the option to rely on the stats or go more with the feel. What, what, what do you think you'd be more likely to
4: rely on? I'm probably going to go with the feel. If if a kid feels good that day, you know, I'm gonna let him go as long as he can if he's on the mound or, you know, if a kid's due, you know, I'm gonna he's gonna get his shot, for sure.
2: That yeah that I feel like that happens in baseball a lot where a pitcher like tells the coach he's good to go and he's like on the mound struggling but he's like coach I got it
4: I got now, it. No have you seen Max Scherzer on the mound? I would not <laughs> want to go up to him for a mound visit. Especially with the eyes, a freak.
2: Yeah, talk about throwing throwing haymakers. <laughs> yeah, he might start coming after you.
4: Uh, yeah.
2: All right, so I know you're familiar with the the podcast. Here, we always do a speed round at the end. Yeah. Um. Put put our guests
3: through a speed round. So so we're about to throw you into the fire. You, you're very familiar with this whole process. Yep. For sure. All right, all right. I'm just gonna start hitting you with them. Um. What is your favorite thing to do around the dorm?
4: Hang out with friends. Really.
3: Uh, what is your dream job?
4: My dream do- job would be to be a manager of a some level of professional or college baseball team or to be a, a museum curator.
3: Uh, what's something good that happened to you today?
4: I remembered everything I tried to study for that exam.
3: <laughs> what TV shows would you say you watch religiously?
4: I haven't really watched TV that much because uh, I don't have Netflix or anything, but I've been on the, the Hell on Wheels binge for sure. That's a great show.
3: Uh, what's your favorite food?
4: Tacos.
3: Favorite drink?
4: Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: let's see. What's your favorite singer or band?
4: Favorite singer? I'm not sure about singer. Um, My favorite band would have to be a moment in pompeii it's my friend's band um it's a little bit of a plug but they're still a very good they're very um they're hardcore but i i enjoy listening to their stuff a lot all right
3: Uh, what's your favorite video game currently
4: call of duty
3: uh what's the latest you've ever stayed up playing call of duty
4: probably um 5 a.m and then i slept until 2 and my mom thought i was dead I never sleep in very late, and so she came in at, like, 1 or 2 in the afternoon and thought I had died, so. (laughs)
3: Uh, How old were you when that happened?
4: 14, 15? It was during Modern Warfare 3. I can remember that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, What's your favorite book? Other than the Bible, of course.
4: Yes. um, Bible's number one. Number two would have to be uh, The Red Badge of Courage, you know, Civil War. Okay. It's a younger read but it's still a good one
3: um and then tad compared you to a howler monkey earlier what would you say your favorite animal is
4: uh domestic would be a dog i love dogs and non-domestic would be a shark because they have teeth
3: there you go <laughs> uh other, if you had a major in something other than history what, what do you think you'd be best suited for
4: uh physical education i actually changed from physical education to history so okay
3: um what's your favorite season
4: Summer. I mean, it's hot. That kind of sucks. I'm big. I sweat a lot. But baseball season. I Baseball season. There you go.
3: Yeah, that's what I figured was coming. Uh, If you had to compare yourself to one TV show character, who would it be?
4: Uh, Saturday Night Live, Chris Farley. Oh, there we Anything go. he plays, that's me. Big and very loud. There
3: we go, Matt Foley. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite uh, flavor of ice cream?
4: vanilla because you get to do stuff with it you can put chocolate sauce on it and stuff you know
0: there
3: you go Um uh, and what's your favorite disney
4: movie <laughs> disney movie airbud for sure love the airbud series
3: and if you had to compare yourself to a disney princess which one would you be you think? ariel because
4: i like fishing and she's a fish that's pretty cool there you go <laughs>
3: um and then we usually end it with end these speed rounds with did oj do it i'm going to go out on a limb and say you think he did
4: yeah yeah for sure i mean there i I, i'm a subscriber to a couple conspiracy theories um but oj definitely did do it
3: okay well that's what we usually ended on but i'm gonna throw a little curveball pun coming sure um so if what who's the biggest named uh, professional baseball player you think you could strike out as a former pitcher? Who or who would you like to take one crack at?
4: I'd I'd have to say Albert Pujols. He's my favorite player, and I'd love to throw him a couple knuckleballs, and then the the twelve to six uh, Gary Bender. You know.
2: <laughs> All right, excellent. Uh, before we end the show, I would like to know what what uh, conspiracies you subscribe to.
4: Um. One of them, I don't don't think Hitler died in Berlin. I'm pretty sure he went to Brazil. Um, I don't know if there are any others. That's the real big one, that that Hitler definitely didn't die in Berlin. So what
2: makes you think that?
4: Bunch of history stuff, like a bunch of documentaries I've seen, and it's kind of a cool thing to talk about. Not Nazis and what they did, but just stuff around them, you know?
3: Do you think, all right, we're just going on this conspiracy sure. train. Do you, do you think uh, Lee Harvey Oswald actually killed JFK?
4: Yeah. Oh. I think. By itself? Probably. Yeah. The, the science seems pretty sound on that. Um, I actually was watching a documentary on that a couple weeks ago, but yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald definitely killed JFK.
2: What about like the moon landing and all that stuff?
4: possibly fake possibly fake yeah i haven't read that much but i understand what the conspiracy theory is um but yeah i think it could have happened could not happen the government's the government's a weird thing
2: it is all right well uh i think that's about all all we've got for you Flem. thanks for coming on hopefully you enjoyed yourself
4: yeah thank you very much i really enjoyed it's uh an honor and a privilege to be on the Enfield Singles Podcast.
2: Well, the pleasure was all ours, so thank, thank you very you.
4: much. Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you again to FC Flynn for the awesome interview. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and YouTube. And uh, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the other platforms. Until uh, next time, be sure to tear high, and let it fly. Juices.